Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic. I'm with my co-host, as usual, the former Braves left-hander Eric O'Flaherty. What's up, Eric? What's up, Dave? We have a special guest today, a very special guest, uh, Ellen Adair, actress and baseball analyst. What's up, Ellen? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing Phillies really well. Fan. Yes, hardcore yes, Phillies I fan. Am. Yep, I that's have an unhealthy timing. love of baseball. That's the brand. Hence the timing of uh, Ellen as our guest. You probably, if you guys have watched MLB Network um, on, on any kind of a regular basis, you've seen Ellen on, pop up on different shows there. Uh, usually talking about the Phillies, but also just talking about baseball in general. Right? You're like a huge baseball fan. I am. Yes, I was. I was raised on like love of baseball above all, which sometimes uh, g- gets me into Twitter beefs with people where they're like, "Why are you at this Padres Mets game wearing a Padres yeah. jersey?" I'm like, "Cause baseball, I love it." So, mm-hmm. yeah. She was. She was at the. She was at the uh, Braves Mets game at City Field earlier this year, wearing all her Phillies garb. Yes, mm. it's true. If I don't have, if I don't, if I don't have anything that like applies to either of the teams, then I will just, uh, yeah, go go all out with all seventy five pieces of Phillies memorabilia <laughs> that I own. And it was a freezing cold day too. I would not have been sitting outside in that weather. Well, Wendy, that's what's the nice thing about my nineteen ninety three Phillies starter jacket. It's pretty warm. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those thick ones. It's not one of the uh, trendy looking slick ones. Yeah, no, definitely not puffer jacket. <laughs> Starter um, jackets were awesome. I've got a few of those, man. I love them. They're making a comeback. Uh, I get a lot of compliments are. on it. Yeah. And you know, if you got From vintage very ones, young they're people. worth a, The vintage ones are worth a lot of money. Mine's uh, probably not worth a lot of money because it's, uh, it's, it's seen better days. A but, yeah. It's a little worn. <laughs> the Evans Field sells great jackets like that look like starter jackets, but like replicas of the period jacket. that Like they got an Oakland A's windbreaker, green, shiny green. It's awesome. But anyway, um, I bet stuff is amazing. It's uh, it just is. a lot of it. It's out of my price range. <laughs> I've spent way too much money there. But um, before we get uh, into how you became a Phillies fan or baseball fan, let me read just real quick. Ellen is in. Uh, she 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 is a co-host of a podcast of her own called Take Me Take Me Into the Ball Game. Is that it? That's is it, it. Take me in. Okay, take me into the ball game. I want to make sure I was reading it right. Um, and you see, I saw her first on uh, Off Base and also on MLB Now with Brian Kenny and on Hot Stove and MLB Central. You've you've been on all of them, right? I've done them all, yep. And you, the, the one in the afternoon, you've done a lot, right? You've done that one. Yeah, so, yeah. Right? Uh, yes, exactly. The, the Off Base is the one that I am on most frequently. And if you've watched her, you've, if, if she looks familiar, it's like one of those character actor faces where you're like i know i've seen her but she can't really place it which is always a compliment when you for like for those kind of actors but i've always wanted like, to be oh hey this person where did i see them before yeah. but she's in the show bull which you have like a recurring role in that one right yep she was in the center i i love this this the uh series center bill bill pullman is incredible she was in the second season of the center uh, she's in Homeland. I love Homeland. Uh, played Janet Bain. It's one of my role. favorites. What a weasel. <laughs> That's a great show, man. It was a great yeah. show. Yeah. Also, a couple of others that I, I mean, Billions is one of my very favorite shows. Love Billions. You've had a recurring role in that, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool cast. It's That's it's a, a very cool cast. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's such intense, a, such man. a cool show to get to be a part of. I didn't know how they'd be able to maintain the show without uh, the lead dude that was out. Was Damian in Switzerland. Lewis. Yeah. Damian Lewis is in Switzerland or Sweden for a year. The, the whole 
off wherever he's off to. And uh, But I thought the show was great in that season, the year without him. Or has it been two years? I don't know what it is, but it's been really good still. You're also in The, the Slap on NBC. Another one of my favorite shows, Veep. Oh, my God, I love Veep. I mean, that I wish that had not stopped because that was hilarious until the end. Yeah, yeah. Also also one of my favorite shows of all time, I think, and uh, it already was when I got to be a part of it. And so that was that was really special. And um I I think it was just a situation where they're like, mm, reality is stranger than satire at this point." Yeah, so it I really guess we're was. Quit. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, that had to be incredible being around that cast. Oh my what goodness. A, what yeah. a cast. Yes. Yeah, and really really kind, really kind. Julia Louis-Dreyfus was like, hi, I'm Julia, which, you know, oftentimes, really? yeah, stars She's won't cool necessarily then? talk to you. But yeah, I was like, uh, hi, I know who you are. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with your work. <laughs> and The Family, and As the World Turns, and on and on and on. You've been on tons of stuff. And what are your biggest movies? You've been in a few uh, movies, uh, The Herd. Herd is coming uh, out later this year. Um, Trick. Yeah, and... I, uh, uh, Trick also probably one of the biggest movies that I did that was opposite Omar Epps. It's a they're both horror movies. Um, Heard I think is going to be really special. Corbin Burnson is also in it for people who are oh, okay. fans of of baseball movies and uh, Timothy V Murphy and um, Jeremy Holm. It's a it's a really excellent cast. All right, let's get into baseball and how, let's, how, re- let's talk quick. about baseball. Real quick, how did you become such a huge baseball fan? Um, and a Phil, did I, I assume you grew up in Philly, right? If you're a hardcore Phillies fan, I did. And yeah, you, yeah. People so, ten, generally don't just like choose the Phillies if they live somewhere else. They're not like, right. yeah, well, I grew up in Utah, but I picked the Phillies anyway. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have a great origin story because I've loved the Phillies for as long as I can remember. Like I just, I don't remember not loving baseball and not loving the Phillies when I was like a toddler. My, you know, we went to the games all the time. So I don't even, I have no memory of the first game that I went to. I just remember going to the ballpark already excited because I already loved baseball and I already loved the Phillies. Do you have good seats? No. No. No, it was Veteran Stadium. We were always like, you know, pretty much in the top deck. That's, that yeah. is, c- c- it continues to be a theme in my, um, I don't know, general finances and baseball fandom is sitting in the top deck with Ellen. Adair. Yeah. That's yeah. where I've seen, I've seen, yeah, you've still been in the top deck. At, I did that as a kid and that's what I thought it was cool up there. You know, yeah. I didn't know they weren't good seats. It was just cool to be up high. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, what was nice, obviously like I didn't have a yard, so I didn't know any better. I was like, it's green, right? Like, and you mm-hmm. can't from far away, you like couldn't, quite tell how terrible the astroturf was yeah (laughs) still looked like green to me oh the astroturf i didn't have a yard what did i know the Uh, notorious astroturf of the vet terrible a lot of injuries a lot of injuries on that thing brutal uh yeah so but the the phillies did get a few fans from other cities during that era like when my buddy from my hometown kansas darren dalton was playing for him that was a very Appealing team to a lot of people. They had some characters on that team. Oh boy, did they? Nails, yes. Darren Dykstra. Dalton was also my favorite. Yeah, Cruck. Yep. Yes. John Cruck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when Eric was pitching for the Braves, the Phillies were the team, I'm their, their biggest rival, right? Right. Like kind of like the Mets are now. Uh, we were. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of flip flopped where the Braves were. Braves are now what the Phillies were when I was with the Braves. Is that team nobody could catch? I mean, we'd get close to them and. Go into you know play them for a three game set and they just kick the crap out of us and we'd be six games back again. And they had Ryan Howard and Utley, Victorino, Utley, Rollins. And then they had the, the pitching staff: Oswald, Holiday, Cliff Lee. Yeah, they were tough. Yeah, they were. Some, yeah. They had a couple of rotations. That well, who were your favorite players? The Phillies when you were like in your formative Phillies years. Well, I mean, that particular era, I, I, I loved Cliff Lee. I just, I actually have like, you can't see it, unfortunately, but I've got a portrait on my wall of Cliff Lee, a commissioned portrait of Cliff Lee, because I just love Cliff Lee so much. Oh my God. Um, I also, I think of, for position players, Jimmy Rollins is always my favorite. Um, Jay Roll's awesome. Yeah. He's yeah. A good dude. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, as, as a, as a young child, um, when I was like a toddler and I don't know why Von Hayes was just like, I picked Von Hayes. Von he was Hayes. The, the first man that I ever loved. Um, it was him or Charles Barkley. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, yes. and I also loved Darren Dalton. Chuck. Um, was sort of my, my favorite of, of that era. And, uh. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I guess those are those are probably there's sort of a gap in between where I didn't actually live in Philadelphia and it was harder to follow teams that were not in your sort of regional market. So um, I still was a Phillies fan, but I I just didn't have the same, I guess, emotional attachment to the dudes. Not like today where you can watch your team wherever you live. It's perfect. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it's easier to watch your team if you do not live in that market. market. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, before we get into what this this matchup right now, um, you had some lean years with the Phillies. I mean, they were they were down for a while and then kind of been on the upswing again uh, in recent years, spending some money now in the new ballpark and all that. Well, it's not new anymore, but I mean, they got some revenues. They got a nice TV contract. I mean, their fans have pretty much stuck with them through the whole thing, though, right? I mean, they have a hardcore fan base that. Uh, uh, even even when the crowds were small, they were still vocal. Yes, I think that is absolutely fair. Yes, that the people who showed up uh, do really, really care. I think that is, that is universally universally true. And um, however, certainly there, I think um, maybe this is fandom in general, but I do think that people really started showing up midway through last year when they were like, yeah. "Oh, have the Phillies decided to actually be good?" Yeah. Um, and yeah, and as soon as as soon as they are, then yeah. just like you know, yeah. the bank is Droves. packed. The bank is packed, and everybody is leather lunged. Yes, but I I would say that um, there are a lot of people who like me, even in the Phillies lean years, are still there, shouting, "Let's go Phillies!" Clap, 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 clap. You didn't happen to be in the crowd the night that Dan Ugla hit the home run where the crowd was mocking him and then Ugla hit the home run and it was like, oh, oh. you weren't there, right? I, I was not, no. Google no. the video. That's all time. That's all time. The That's one of the that. toughest stadiums to to warm up in. That bullpen, they put the, I think it's a beer garden or something right above the bullpen, but those fans, wow. <laughs> yep, I believe it. You know, when they first designed repeat. it, they had, the, they had the Phillies bullpen be the top bullpen yeah. and then quickly mm-hmm. they were like, mm, Let's change this. Let's put. Yeah, the I think the players asked for that. I think the players said yeah. we don't want to be up there. But man, they're just there's seventy people hanging over that rail. They've been drinking since noon, and they let you have it. <laughs> Can't yeah. even stand up. They they switched that bullpen like they did it after the first year at uh, at the Marlins new ballpark. Or oh, it's not new anymore. But when they had the nightclub, the nightclub. there and the girls dancing on the tables, so they had annoying. the home bullpen there, and the home guys were like, "You got to move us. We can't can't." We can't even here. hear the game. You know, you just hear the club music the whole the time. The Clevelander, the Clevelander, mm-hmm. pump, Miami is pumping crazy. out bass music in left field at the club nightclub. Have you been to that ballpark? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved it, <laughs> man. I just loved. I mean, so I was when there was gaudy, in the pre Jeter days statue, when it. The, the, I, yeah, the, I did. I liked how Miami it was. Do you know it what was I mean? Very I liked the home run, the sculpture. lime green outfield, yeah. and a wall. I thought, yeah, like just I like I like it when you know ballparks are like a reflection of well, the place. It was I that. It's one of the things that's so nice about PNC is <laughs> like not just the view, yeah. but like there's something about the the actual sort of architecture the steel of the, of the ballpark the that feels yeah. super Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. San Francisco feels like their place. Uh, yeah, there's a few of those that do. You're right. Dodgers, Coors, Coors Field, Dodger Stadium. Does. Yeah, Dodgers yeah. for sure. I have not been lucky enough to to go to the Oracle Park yet. Oh my god. Someday. It's one of the best. To me, that's the best. And Pittsburgh, because the view downtown right there, I mean, Mm -hmm. nobody else can kind of duplicate that because the buildings are right up against the river. You got all the bridges and the river. It's just perfect. So, but Oracle Park to me is, I mean, players, you know, I I don't necessarily love pitching there, right, or or, or playing there, but. uh, I hate it because it's cold. Yeah. It's cold and. Beautiful though, with the water and the fog rolling in. God, it's beautiful. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so the Phillies right now, after after it looked like they really were going to kind of slip off the pace here, and I'm thinking, okay, this might be Dave's last year there if it, uh, if this doesn't work out because they spent some money in the offseason and tr- made some trades and I, they've caught fire. But the problem is they've caught fire exactly when the Braves have caught fire again. So the Phillies have gone. 13 and 2 in their last 15 games that have not gained one game on the Braves in that stretch, which is hard to do. I don't I don't think they've gained any games on the Marlins either. Maybe one. Yeah, the Marlins <laughs> have been hot too. The Marlins yeah. are, are a problem. They are legit, man. We're like, you know, way over a third into the season now, and the Marlins are right there, five games back, and the Phillies are eight games back. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. But the Phillies are playing good ball right now, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they've had uh, five straight series wins. Um, so that is a, a great improvement on the extremely up and down season that they had. It was like more of a roller coaster than your average yeah. season. So obviously they, they started the season being the last team to finally win a game. They lost four straight. Um, you know, at the time, we didn't know that the Texas Rangers were going to be right. as phenomenal as the Texas right, Rangers right. have continued to be. Right. So it was like, oh, gosh, we couldn't even oh, win a game. Um, but yeah, but then from late April, like, you know, they'd win four in a row and then they'd lose six and then they'd win five straight and then they'd lose five straight. So in a way, the recent Dodgers series where they dropped to the middle game of the series and then came back to win the next day felt like the biggest relief. I was like, oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Losing doesn't mean that now we're going to lose for eight games or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, they've been playing they've been playing good baseball and I think particularly honestly the the Diamondback series in this past week um because they were just playing Oakland which obviously, you know, the Braves know that you can't necessarily right. assume I, I, that you're going absolutely. to sweep a series in Oakland. Um but uh you know, I think that uh, neither team played particularly good baseball on Saturday, um, which the Phillies ended up winning in extra innings. And if they had, if the Phillies had been playing a, a team um, like Atlanta or like the Mets, um, who I understand are sort of in a free fall right now, but just have like owned the Phillies recently, um, I'm not sure that they would have ended up winning that game. But yeah, they did. They did come out of uh, Oakland with the sweep, and they won three out of four from the Diamondbacks and it was just really the whole the whole team was finally clicking in uh in the way that I think you know we've always known that this is the talent yeah. that this roster yeah. has and it just seems like it sort of wasn't it wasn't coming together. Yeah, I mean you talk about Oakland um when the Braves go out there and lose two out of three, Oakland at the time was like 10 and 46 or something and it was like oh my god, the Braves and then Oakland goes on this tear, and it's like, okay, they're legit. they got some legit young players. They won seven in a row. Now they've lost five in a row because the Phillies went in there and beat them. But uh, they had won seven in a row, so that wasn't that was no small feat what the Phillies went in there and did. So the um, Phillies coming off a terrific, I mean, a six-and-one trip to the West Coast, as Eric will tell you. It's never easy for the East Coast teams to go out there, and they went six-and-one, lost the first game at Arizona, and then won six straight games. So now they're on an off day, and they've won six in a row, and the Braves are on a, on another uh, six-game winning streak. After Braves had a seven-game winning streak, lost two back-to-back -back games against the Nationals and the Tigers at Detroit, and then have won six in a row again and just destroyed the Rockies for four games. You don't see a dismantling like that for a four-game series. It's really hard to sweep a four-game series from any yeah. team. Yeah, And they, it wasn't even close. I mean, the Rockies could get out to a three-run lead. It didn't matter. I mean, it was just the, the Braves reeled them in within a couple of, of innings and then just pounded them. I mean, 12 home runs, 40 runs in a four-game series. It was yeah. like yeah, it's just it's an astonishing offense, Atlanta. Like yeah. it just that there's there's no there's no place in the lineup that really lets up, and they can they can just completely pound you. I think it's you know absolutely at least from an outsider's perspective, Atlanta is the class of the National League at this point, and um and obviously like everybody is is struggling for pitching a little bit, but yeah. but that offense can is is just no joke can can pick them up every single day. Yeah, we hear it. it's kind of a cliche. There's no easy outs in a lineup, but usually there are one or two, even when yeah. people say that. There really aren't in this lineup. 
no easy outs. And I've never seen Michael Harris is batting ninth. The kid is hitting 470 in June. He's caught fire again after, you know, struggling when he came back from his injuries. But he's batting ninth and he hit a 450 foot home run yesterday and went five for five. That's your nine hole hitter. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Rosario's hitting in the bottom of the order. He had six RBIs and two home runs yesterday. He's had two, two homer games in June. I mean, it's a loaded lineup for sure. And like you said, the pitching has been a little shaky because of the injuries, but they've been so good offensively, and the bullpen has been far surpassed expectations considering the injuries they've had. So those two components have allowed them to have some four- and five-inning starts where, like Charlie yesterday, was not very good. But their offense is so good that it doesn't even matter. I mean, they're just that, – that's, that's a rarity because if they had a, a, a more typical offense, they would, they would be They'd neck be and neck. Trouble. Yeah. They'd be neck and neck with the Marlins and the Phillies right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, impressive. somebody who's been a, a surprise for me on Atlanta is Orlando Arcia, who, you know, oh I think God. a, a yeah. lot of people were were surprised that that he even sort of made the team instead of Von Grissom, but he's right. been incredible. He's been so yeah. good. He's leading yeah. the NL uh, shortstops and all-star votes, and it's deserving. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like a very well, yeah, has a, has a, has a deserved uh, all-star campaign, essentially, yeah. Yeah, he's uh people forget that he was actually a starter for a few years in Milwaukee. He was good, really good a couple of years, had a f- couple of 15 homer seasons, but nothing like this. I mean, he's taken this game to a whole other level. He's a classic guy that uh has learned to play the game and fill in the gaps in his game and is just a solid all-around player now. Really good defensively too. He made an error yesterday. It didn't look too great yesterday, but he's really played really good defense uh on top of being a uh uh a, a, a solid part of that lineup and a terrific clubhouse guy. Everybody loves the guy. So he's, mm-hmm. and I, love, to I a, love to hear that. <laughs> they signed up to a three-year extension before, on opening day for $7 million. I mean, that's including a buyout. If they pick up the fourth year option, which they will, obviously, unless something happens, they're going to pay him like eight point something million for four years. Dansby has already made Atlanta, more than man. that. <laughs> Dansby has already made more than that this season in the first year of his seven-year contract. So, yeah, Alex is a magician. He's a sorcerer. Absolutely, absolutely a sorcerer. Yes, yeah. Whereas um, Dombrowski just throws the money around, man. Look, you know what? Like, I don't know. I like to see players it. getting paid, right? I yeah. like to get yeah. them, see them get what they're what they're absolutely. worth. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, you I know, think I mean, Eric does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know what? I think. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go were going to say especially. No, no. I was going to. I was going to slightly uh, change the subject to like brag on the Phillies for for a minute um, because I I think that you know one of the things that has been working for the Phillies is that a, a lot of their a lot of their big bats right yeah. a lot of the the guys that they've brought in yeah. um, have really turned it around and that's kind of what has changed yeah. things this month. Like for example, JT Real Muto has completely been on fire. Yeah. So I did some sort of like, you know, looking at before this month and after this month. Yes, it's an arbitrary point, right, but right. that's more or less when the Phillies started playing well. And yeah, he had an okay 730 OPS for the first two months of the season, but has had a 1064 OPS yeah. this month. Um, Kyle Schwarber, who famously mm-hmm. heats up in June, of course, had uh, has had an OPS of 927 this month versus 712 before. He was batting like 160 uh, coming into the month. And Trey Turner, who had a who-is-this-person OPS of 615 for the first couple of months, um, but is looking like Trey Turner again uh, with a 796 in June. So to put it another way, the Phillies only had three guys for all of April and May with a WRC plus of above 100. So for folks who don't know that, that's 100 is league Pulling average. Pulling out the weighted runs created on us. Wow. Look at that. I mean, I, I love it, right? Because it's just so easy to read. Yeah. So um, they yeah. only had three guys who were above uh, league average. One was Nick Castellanos. One was Brandon Marsh. And yep. one was Cody Clemens. And and Marsh and Clemens have, have cooled significantly from that time. But this month, they've had five hitters, like, well, well above 100. Castellanos, who's been their He's most been, consistent hitter yeah, all, all year. year. Right? Yeah, like, you know, if the, the Phillies get a guy in 
uh, to the all-star game based on what they're doing and not on their reputation, i.e., you know, like reputation votes for Bryce Harper, for DH, for example. Yeah, it should be Castellanos. Um, Real Muto also, Bryson Stott, uh, Kyle Schwarber, and Trey Turner. And uh, Harper's power isn't quite back um, from, you know, he. it was astonishing that he came back so early from yeah, Tommy yeah. John surgery um, in May. I mean, maybe too early, but he's been good, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, um, he, he, I think since he's been back, his WRC plus has been above 100, but just in June, it's been 90, which is like fine. It's not killing you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it helps had, to have a more selective hitter in the lineup because generally, yeah. I would say something about the Phillies this year versus other years is that they're just they're not walking enough. And yeah. so when when you obviously when you lost Hoskins, uh, yeah. you know, a huge um, on base guy uh, for the potentially probably for the whole season, and then you were also without Bryce, it was just a lot of very aggressive hitters, and it's it, it's so interesting. It's like a baseball lineup is like an ecosystem you know what i mean mm-hmm. and if everybody's aggressive then then suddenly you find yourself kind of running into problems those long at bats are the ones that wear you out even if you wind up getting the guy having to throw eight nine ten pitches to a guy especially if harper's caliber those are the ones that mentally kind of drain you and then the next guy winds up you know getting something to hit totally yeah yeah i mean bryson stott is definitely good at actually yeah. at extending it an at bat even though i i I think it's more that he's very good in a two-strike situation um, than necessarily being – like, I don't think he's patient, right? Because he can also be aggressive. But, yeah, he can definitely put together some of those, like, 9-10 pitch at-bats. I was was looking at their June stats. I think one of those guys you might have shortchanged unless – I think Schwarber might have had a big day yesterday because I got him He did. He's at 1,002 OPS now. Oh, okay. Yes. I think I was doing this research yesterday during the right. game. And so yesterday's stats were not included. So he got, yes. so you got, yeah, I looked at, you got three guys OPSing over a thousand this month with Schwarber, Real Muto, and Castellanos all over a thousand. And those three have combined for 15 homers and 39 ribbies. And that's including seven homers and 14 ribbies from Schwarber in 17 games. I mean, this guy's the most unlikely leadoff guy that I, between him and, and Acuna. <laughs> You're yeah. going to have so much pop in the leadoff spot. I mean, anybody that uh, had had been asleep for the last 20 years and woke up to watch this game when, in this series, watching those two guys leading off. But he's well, like – Well, Acuna the, makes more sense. Right, right. <laughs> he does. Because he's got speed and a high OBP. Yeah, because he's like the best player in baseball right now. Yeah, Schwerber <laughs> is like the ultimate three outcomes guy this year, man. I mean, home run, walks, or strikeouts. That's like almost every one of his plate appearances, it seems Pretty like. Pretty much the whole deal. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, it's working, right? Yeah. And and uh, look, I I I never want to discount the importance of psychology, right? So from no. an exterior perspective, I always kind of want to be like, it doesn't matter, oh, this guy does really well in the four hole or whatever. Right. Like he's just a baseball player. He's just there right. to get up and 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 you know. Take pitches and have is. a good at bat, but I guess it's not the way that it is. Not with some guys, it's not. With not some with some guys. Is. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, like I was rejoicing because I was like, "Yay!" Now the Phillies have an obvious leadoff hitter, Trey Turner. Right. But it, like, I doubt. He stunk. Your boy stunk early. Yeah, well, yes, and I don't think th- <laughs> I don't personally think that the, he is. He is. He is my guy. He's one of my guys. It um, sucks because I wanted to see his slides, man. And he was not, he's not been sliding a lot. He hadn't had a lot of chances. Yeah. Well, he, ha- you know, honestly, he wasn't stealing bases to start the season either. Right. It was kind of like, who is this person? Um, but gym, I, I, I think that the reason that Trey Turner is better is because he's, he's changed his selectivity essentially. And, and he's changed his stance a little bit. You know, this was something that was really interesting to me. As I was watching him, because I've always, I've always loved Trey Turner. So like I've watched a lot of Trey Turner at bats. And so I was like, his swing looks the same to me, you know, like it's obviously to my untutored eye, it looks the same kind of a long swing, but like, it looks the same. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just, it seemed like he was not being selective enough on the high fastball. That was, that was my like, you know, mm-hmm. couch analyst opinion about it. It's too good at um, WBC. I think you got it, it. I mean, it, at the too, time, everybody was like, ha ha, saved some homers bombs. for the regular season, yeah. season Trey Turner. And I was like, that's not how it works, guys. And then <laughs> and watching the season, I was like, I don't know, is that how it works? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but 
I, what he has done in June that has changed a little bit is that he's he's changed his stance uh, a uh-huh. little bit. So he's crouching just a little bit more. And I, I don't know if that has helped him, right, specifically with like the elevated fastball. Um, because... Uh, I do have some stats here if I can I can find them. Yes. Um, so it was it's interesting to me that um, on Baseball Savant, you can see that he's had a negative 11 run value on four seamers when he's usually in his career been very good with that pitch. Um, mm-hmm. But what was interesting that he was he was saying is that last year, in fact, what was happening this year was sort of a continuation of a problem that he was having last year. And what's interesting about that is that you can see particularly it that in his chase rate, which has sort of gone up and up. So it was higher last year than it had ever been before mm-hmm. at about 36%. And his chase rate this year um, was 40% through May. And then this month, it has been 33.8%. So like a, a little bit better. Um, but it's it's worth noting that he's had plenty of years in his career with a chase rate below right. 30%. Right. And so, yeah, it could be that he's just sort of... Um, trying to figure out how to get back to like the person that he knows that he is. Sometimes a free agent year will do that to you too. You know, trying to put up big numbers going into free agency and create some bad habits. Totally. Hard to fix. Yeah. Or, or also, you know, I think sometimes what's lost when, when people are like, how could we pay 300 million for this guy? Which like, first of all, sir or madam or, Probably, sir, like you didn't pay it. But yeah. secondly, <laughs> that's not something that's lost on the players. Like I, no. I have to feel like they're aware of their own price tag. You know, it's oh, like yeah. a sword of Damocles hanging yeah. over their heads. Like when I feel pressure like this in my life, like, oh, like I have new agents and I love them and I want to prove that I made yep. the, they made the right choice and I'm worth it, right? Like, yes, pressing is absolutely real, whether that's like pressing before free agency or pressing after free agency. So yeah, yeah, I think that that's definitely something that was going on. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We've talked about uh, clutch hitting, how the clutch gene or clutch hitting is a very real thing in sports. And I've, I've, I've related it to people who don't believe in it. I'm saying, so you don't believe in like performance anxiety. So like right. you think you think anybody can learn the lines in a Broadway play and go on stage in front of a Broadway crowd and perform then if you don't think there's anything like because it's the same thing. Some people can do it and some people would be terrified and would not be able to remember any lines. You certainly have seen that in your line of work. Some people that can perform, especially on a live stage, you know, on, on a Broadway on a production. And yeah, well, can. I mean. Honestly, even though there's not an audience there on set, being right, on right. set is just as as that high pressure, goes on, huh? high performance. Yeah, yeah, because you know that time is money. You know what right. I mean? Like you, you know that everybody is waiting for you. Yep. This entire, you know, whatever crew of like hundreds of people are all here for you to do your job and yeah. not mess up and not yeah. make you know people go into overtime or yeah. like the day any longer. And union wages and overtime. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's not just that. It's also then like, right, I I need to get to a particular emotional place to make this scene work, right? So Mm -hmm. that the story is told. Yeah, it's like also a high pressure situation. You know, I mean, I think this is one of the things that for me is why my baseball fandom goes so deep is because I do feel like there's a comparison between like my high pressure line of work and, and, you know, what I see. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I do recognize that that is like a false transference, right? And that, no, and that you know, oh, all right. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Like, but, but I mean, I think that it, it definitely informs the way that I watch baseball, which is always with like so much empathy for the person in the yeah. situation, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, it's definitely how I'm watching my boy Aaron Nola these days. Um, because I obviously look, he's like my favorite current baseball player. And I just love him no matter what he does, because that is the nature of my loyalty. But it definitely seems to me like what's going on for him is, is mental, um, Uh more so Mm -hmm. than anything else. And I, 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 I mean, I think I feel that in, in part because like, Given that all of his pitches have been working exactly the way that they're supposed to, sometimes in concert, right? Like mm-hmm. he's had some excellent starts, um, a great start in Houston um, versus Toronto. Uh, he had a great game versus the the Cubs. Detroit, he completely dominated. It's Detroit, but still. But also in individual starts, you know, like like this time the curveball's like awesome and doing exactly what the curveball's supposed to be doing. But the but the two seam isn't breaking. Where did the two where did the break for the two seam go? Or like this time the two seam is awesome and getting all these called strikes and it's the curve that's not getting down. And so like I I just think it's a mental thing. I, I don't even think that's a hot take. And so I don't know if it's exactly like Eric was talking about. I don't know if it's his impending free agency weighing mm-hmm. on him. Like I was really sad that he didn't come to a deal with the Phillies, which honestly I thought that he might. And you know, I don't I don't know if the way that the season is going bodes ill for that. But I think look, like Nola well, they might, has. They might get him at a cheaper rate right now. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. Or I don't know if some other team is going to be like, yeah, yeah, like we can fix that, right? It was just right. one season. And whereas the Phillies will be like, look, dude, you know. But six and but, five with a four, six, six ERA. He has not been the same guy at all because he was so crucial to their postseason stretch and, and, and just getting in a postseason and then what he did in the postseason. And I mean, that's not him at all. They brace face him in the middle game of the series. He's going to face uh, the rookie, the A.J. smith Shaver, who will be making his third start, his first road start. What a place to make your first road start because that place is going to be oh, jacked up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It definitely will be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. May I talk about Aaron Nola for one more minute? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. Go by all means. Um, I mean, look, I think, I think what's going on, and I think this is going on for a lot of pitchers. Um, it, this is, I think why we're seeing so much more volatility, right? Like it's every single pitcher, even the best pitchers in the world, right? Like Shohei Otani will still like give up seven runs to the A's or something like that. You know, like what's going on? Um, and, and Nola has always done so much better with no runners on base, right? So like if he's dominating, he tends to continue to dominate. And and this has been true for the last few years. I'm not sure that this is a trend that I necessarily noticed in his like spectacular 2018 season, but maybe I just like didn't know to look for it. But you know, what 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 is true is that in the last few years often he has led the league in throwing over to first. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, clock. yeah, him and and Zach Gallen were at the top of the National League for throws over per batter. Obviously, Gallen has adjusted just fine. Mm-hmm. But I like I say this with nothing but empathy because I would be the same. Like it, I just think he has a real need to slow down the mental game right. with guys yeah. on base, right. and he can't do that anymore. And he's not allowed to take the mental time that he needs. It's not even necessarily about like a physical readjustment. It's about a mental readjustment. Yeah. And like, that would kill me. Like, I'm the kind of person who feels like a particular time constraint is strangling me and I can't even make a decision and I can't, I can't even do anything. And it's just who I am. Like people just have an internal tempo. And I think Nola just has like a slow, easy Louisiana boy internal tempo. And I think the pitch clock has been really tough um, for him. And I, I thought this, I mean, you know, um, Atlanta fans might not have been following this, but in his last start, there was this kind of brouhaha where the umpire told him that he couldn't reject any more baseballs because he thought right. Nola he was, was doing that. it to slow down the game <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and give himself have, yeah. a little bit more time. And Nola kind of admitted that that's what he was doing. You know, he said something that was like, how fast does the game need to be? And like, I'm paraphrasing a little bit yeah. and, and I am biased, but I also agree with him <laughs> completely. So yeah. Eric, anyway. we thought, Eric, we thought that would be the case that uh, some some pitchers are going to be affected by this more. Some guys need to take a step off the back of the rubber or back of the mound and go, 
All right. And you can't do that when you have 15 seconds mm-hmm. with runners on base. You just, uh, you know, it, it changes everything. Other guys, it hasn't affected them at all. Kenley, who we thought was going to be just killed by this, has able to. Them. It's yeah. actually helped him because he's yeah. stopped taking so much time and he's he's got more of a rhythm. But it is fascinating to see how different this season has been. It looks like an outlier for certain pitchers. And if you notice, I think it's helped these young guys. Like the Braves got these young guys that are up here pitching well. They've pitched with a pitch clock for years in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to make the adjustment. So, but other but veteran pitchers have, and some of them work really slow, especially some closers. Like the other day, you were talking about your boy was like three or four pitch clock violations in one inning. Kimbrel, yeah, Kimbrel had him. Yeah, yeah, he definitely he still did. got out of it because he was just. Yeah. He didn't care. Also a sorcerer, yes, of a different kind. Uh, For me, I think it would have just been – I worked fast enough, but having a clock ticking down would have been a distraction and more pressure that I just don't need. You know, I I wanted to get on the the mound and throw the ball as fast as possible before I had time to think. But I think if I was aware of this other thing going on, you know, and watching the clock tick down, it would have been more of a distraction and kind of just – extra pressure I didn't want to have while I was trying to throw because there's enough to think about and there's enough to do. Um, and I think a lot of guys are probably feeling that just, you know, just having a time constraint in itself of having to rush and move faster, it just throws your rhythm off. Yeah. Honestly, coming into the season, I thought, well, it's not going to be a problem for Zach Wheeler because he he tends to like to move, you know, he Fast. tends to be a quick worker. But I think it has been a problem for him, mm-hmm. you know, it, just in terms of looking at his inconsistency, right? He's had some excellent performances. He mm-hmm. he took a, a no-hitter into the seventh, I think, versus Detroit. And he was, I mean, he was quite good versus Atlanta two starts yeah. before that, and then completely imploded to Washington in between. Like, you know, I mean, there were some defensive mistakes. Um, I think it'll be huge when Schwarber can get some time at DH. But, like, it was just like his command wasn't there. Like, he wasn't able mm-hmm. to really settle. And, yeah, I feel like, you know, um, certainly, for example, for for Ranger Suarez, um, I think that he came back, you know, he had that forearm strain in mm-hmm. the um, in the WBC. And so he was adjusting to the pitch clock you know, during the regular season, essentially, because he didn't have spring training. And so I, and he has it in the WBC. Yeah. And they didn't use it in the WBC. Yeah. Um, so so I think that that for me, even though Ranger Suarez, like complete bulldog mentality, you know, that that guy is 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 his brain is tough as nails out there on the mound. Such a cool cucumber to completely mix every single metaphor yeah. that I know about a, a, a pitcher's mentality. Um, but, yeah, I think that the, the struggles that we saw for him was also like, oh, I didn't think this was going to be hard, but actually it's hard. <laughs> There's been a few times I've been watching on TV and it feels fast, you know, just kind of trying to put myself in a pitcher's shoes and it's already at eight seconds. And I feel like they just got the ball back. Yeah. The the Braves faced Ranger in uh, the series opener tomorrow night. You got Spencer Strider against Suarez. Strider has been really struggling in a few starts lately, which we didn't think he was capable of doing. Obviously he's reminded us that he is, human and it's only he's actually yes second full season in a major not but, a marvel character right when he's not throwing 99 it's different when he's throwing 95 96 like he has in a few of these recent starts so that'll be interesting to see what he does against this lineup the Braves have killed left-handers by the way so we'll see what suarez does with them they got suarez and then smith shaver against nola in the second game and then bryce elder who's been by far the Braves' most consistent pitcher this year uh with max freed out and kyle right out against taiwan walker in the third game. So should be a great series. The best, these are the two hottest teams in baseball right now. Obviously 13 and two each of them in the last 15 games. And each of them, I think, on a six-game winning streak. So that's gonna be interesting, man. Yeah, they started the year with Trey Turner uh leading off, and then Stott let off for a while, and then they settled on Schwerber. But it was Schwerber who led off for the big run last year, right? He was leading off in the in the postseason. Yeah, no, he was generally the leadoff hitter last year, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I mean, I guess 
I guess it worked. And I feel like the way that Rob Thompson manages, he's just going to be like, all right, well, this is working now. So this is yeah. what it's, this is what it's going to be. And it, it, it slightly drives me crazy because I, I just wish that he could hit homers with somebody on base instead of hitting all these leadoff homers. Right. right? You know, just like it feels like it would capitalize his skills more to not have him be the leadoff hitter. But, you know, I mean, if it's what works for the team chemistry, I think, yeah. like I can, we can all be armchair analysts and, and like move the numbers around and stuff like that. But team chemistry is real and it's important. Like analytics are important. They are real, but so are the human beings and how they feel Absolutely. about it. Um, We're big on that here. Um, And Acuna, there are still, believe it or not, some Braves fans who are like, I wish he'd be moving down. It's time to move him down the order. I'm like, no. Snit learned that when he tried him briefly down in the order. Said that'll never happen again as long as he's a manager. Acuna loves hitting leadoff. And it has become a thing at that ballpark. When Acuna comes up in the first inning, there or anywhere. And that music plays here, though. You know, he's got this distinct walk-up music. And everybody gets their seats because they don't know what's going to happen because he'll ambush the first pitch. He will destroy the first pitch if it's a, if it's a, anywhere close to the strike zone. So they're not moving him. He loves hitting leadoff. And so and and with this lineup as deep as it is this year, he's getting a lot of opportunities to hit with runners on base anyway. Yeah. So it's only mm-hmm. the first inning where that's even a factor. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I just I have to imagine that that if you if you have Obviously, look, <laughs> it's great to have like the best player, the best defensive player in the universe right now. Um, just the first batter, right? It's like the the pitcher doesn't get a second to oh. to kind of like yep. get a groove, right? And so Can't that there's that there's certainly something in. to be said for for just the immediate threat, right? Like putting whoever is your your hottest hitter then in in the first hole makes sense because it's just kind of like yeah yeah in terms of the the chess game of the lineup um being like here's of, our queen <laughs> and a lot of people because of analytics teams used to have their best hitter hit third or fourth but analytics have moved those up to the first three spots and now now everybody's got their best hitters i mean nobody really has their best hitter hitting fourth now because they wanted yeah. to get the most at bats yeah. obviously analytics taught that but um uh, so how's how's Acuna viewed, say in Philly? You know where they I know they get on opposing players, but they also obviously respect good players. But uh, how's he viewed by the by the fan base there? Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting question, and like because to you know to be honest, I I live in New York, right? right. And so, so I I don't I can't say that I'm necessarily my finger is like on the pulse of uh, of right. Philly's fans in general. Um. I I've seen the Phillies play a bunch of times so far this year but uh like six six times but none of them have been in Philadelphia. So right. uh but I mean my feeling is that uh that he has a lot of like more respect than hatred. I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, cuz he's just like such he's an He's just astonishing. too good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's too good. He's too yeah. good. It's like look, yeah. obviously that comes down to the kind of baseball fan that a person is, right? But but uh but That's I think that there's there's yeah, whether or not you can you can be like, I'm gonna enjoy how good this person is at playing the sport I love. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's more of that than the than the other, personally. Harper, there's huge amounts of both. Yeah. Respect and hatred. And I think a lot of that was because the way he kind of looked and carried himself early in his career more than now. But he just had that look you wanted to smack him if he wasn't on your team. You know, good looking, cocky. Guy, you just you just assumed he was you know came up and had everything you know in the world. He didn't come from uh, you know low income about poverty or anything like that. So he was just that guy that was better than everybody. And then he looked like it on the field, kind of like Chipper when Chipper was young with the Braves. Mm-hmm. You know, Bryce Bryce had that same kind of thing. But you you knew he's great, but you hated him. And if he you, came up now, if he if he came up and did all the stuff he did early in his career now, nobody even bat an eye. It's a totally different. different game. Yeah, the game's I changed. completely agree. Yeah, yeah, and it's just sort of interesting the way that that nevertheless that sort of residual feeling has like it's leaked, and he gets booed everywhere that he goes. Oh, yeah. you yeah. know, by the opposing fans. Yeah. And uh, well, and, Barry Bonds said they don't boo you if you're not great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think I don't think. I think if I if that if it were me, I would be like, yeah, you know, yeah. secretly, right? Because yeah, I would yeah. be like, yeah, this is because I'm a formidable opponent. It um, only hurts at home. 
Yeah. Yeah. It only hurts at home. Yeah. Man, I freaking look. I hate it. I hate it when when fans boo their own players. I hate and it. Phillies fans it. will boo their own players. They absolutely about will. And I, more than and anybody I else. Maybe it. New York. I hate it That's, so much. They um, will turn on a guy, won't they? They'll let a guy know or let a team know. Yeah. That thing they booed the bomb, Sixers though. during the postseason. They booed the Sixers during the playoffs coming off the court. Mm. I hate it. I, I think it. that thing with Bomb was the coolest thing, though, because he just yeah. owned up to it and they just embraced him. Yep. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that is, look, it, it's definitely, and I don't know if somebody like Bryce Harper, who is so smart about like exactly the right thing to say, yep. I would say to almost any fan base, but like in Philly, people eat it up. Like people love Bryce Harper because he just knows the thing to say. And people are like, even if this is just PR, like we love it. We love you for, for acknowledging us to say the right thing. And, you know, so I don't, I, I don't know if the influence of somebody who's so good at PR like that might've, might've helped um, Alec Bohm in that situation to be like, dude, just own it, just own it. And then people will love you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Bohm is so, so well-beloved at this point. And I have, I have a t-shirt that, uh, says I effing love this place now <laughs> um, <laughs> that they were selling outside of the bank at the, in the place. Yeah. Cause last year. what he said, I fucking hate this place when they, yeah. the cameras caught us. It was clear that he said it. That yeah. That's what he said. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> yes. For, for people who, for, for people for whom that does not stick in their memory as clearly as it does for all of us with joy, with love. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I don't know. I think ultimately it was relatable, right? Like we've all been yeah, at our jobs sure. and been like, man, yep. I freaking yeah. hate this place. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you were sort of going through the, um, the, the sort of the, the pitcher matchups. And I realized that when I was talking about the, the Phillies turnaround in June earlier that I, I did not give the pitchers their due, which I have just yeah, a few. You failed. You neglected I to did. Do that. I did. I totally failed. Um, but I have some more uh, nerdy stats if I might share them. Hit them. We don't Great. use enough nerdy stats on this show. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm here to supply all of them. <laughs> all the nerd stats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the biggest difference, I would say, even though obviously the offense has taken off in June, the biggest difference is, is probably the starting pitching. Um, so, so Ranger Suarez, uh, Taiwan Walker, uh, who the uh, Braves will see in this series, also Zach Wheeler, have, have just locked it down more. Um, and Nola has also had some good starts. So Got to give love to my boy. But here are the the eye opening nerdy stats. So before June, the staff um, starters ERA was four point nine eight, which was sixth worst in baseball. First two mm-hmm. months of the season. This is despite the fact. And this was interesting to me that they are sixth best for WAR and also in uh, strikeout minus walkway, one of my favorite stats, um, which mm-hmm. was around the same for Atlanta at that time, which was interesting. Um, so what was going on there was that they had the third worst left on base rate for the first two months of the season, uh-huh. suggesting that like maybe they were unlucky and didn't quite deserve that. Mm-hmm. And this month, they have had, the starting staff has had the second best starter ERA at 2.71 and the highest war. And their left on base rate has been 18th. So it's not that they've been crazy lucky, more that it's just normalized to the middle of the pack. And, um, you know, also I think worth noting is that they have had some teams in this time period with losing records, Detroit, Oakland. Um, but they've also had some winning teams. They played the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, as I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and also the Mets are in that sample. And when the Mets played the Phillies, the Mets were hot and trashed the Phillies. So, so yeah, just well, wanted to, to give them their, their due there. They will be facing a Braves team that in June leads the majors in virtually every offensive category. They, uh, they are hitting 314 with 34 home runs in 16 games. They've scored 113 runs. Uh, next highest is the Giants with 97. Phillies are 92. They're third. OPS, the Braves are OPSing in June, 16 games, 928. Oh, my God. The Rangers are next, 106 <laughs> points behind them at 822. Uh, the Phillies are fifth, sixth in the majors, 783 OPS in June. So... I mean, what the Braves are doing is crazy. I mean, and that's cons- and that's including those two bad games out in Oakland. But uh, 
when they couldn't do anything. So they've, they've heated up and that whole lineup now, and a, and a huge difference is Michael Harris. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. he was statistically about the worst hitter in baseball uh, until about June 7th. He was OPS under 500. He was hitting like 160 something. The guy's raised his OPS more than 200 points in 10 days. Wow. Astonishing. Yeah. yeah. After like, you know, actually a pretty large sample that you're fighting yeah. against. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 He missed time with the injuries and at the at, in April and just took him a while to get going, but he looks great now. So, yeah, they're clicking on all cylinders. And, uh, and Eddie Rosario's looking like he did in 2021 down the stretch when he kind of carried, helped carry the brace, especially in the postseason. But he's looking a lot closer to that Eddie Rosario than the one last year who had to have uh, retinal surgery and was just never the same before or after the surgery. He looks he looks really close to what he did in 2021 right now. And then, of course, the big guys that are that are doing it, Acuna looks phenomenal. He's the MVP right now, hands down. It's not oh, yeah, there's no right question. Now. Yeah. Barring injury, he's going to win MVP, and he's going to be—he's going to do something historic because he's on pace. To, I mean, there's nobody. There's nobody's even had like 35, 55. He's on pace for thirty-five and almost seventy right now. Stolen, stolen bases, thirty-five homers. Yeah, and he might get forty, forty, but it's going to be the stolen bases going to blow yeah. that away. So he's just—he's—he's uh, he's fun to watch right now because he just—he's playing every inning of every game. There's no no lingering anything with the knee, and it's just phenomenal to watch a guy this good. I mean, it takes some. You get a little jaded watching it so many years, watching a game, you know, watching the same guy. But this guy stands out on a field of exceptional athletes. This guy stands out. He's like, okay, he's just at a different level than, than these other great players. He just yeah. does yeah, everything. Yeah, he, he is currently the Marvel character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And he loves playing. He loves playing, too. He has so much fun out there. He's as flamboyant as just about anybody in the game on top of being as good as anybody in yeah. the game. You know, it's like if Mike Trout was really flamboyant. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's highly entertaining. As you can imagine, he's the favorite of 99% of the kids here. Oh I, yeah, of course. And I'm the sure adults. It's, it's a sea of Acuna jerseys. <laughs> oh no yeah. Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the most popular player by far. Yeah. They've, He's he's allowed the fan base to get over the departures of Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson in consecutive years, him doing what he's done this year. I mean, I thought Dansby would be a lingering thing, but Arcia obviously has made that an afterthought. But Dansby is not even mentioned. Like, And Dansby was great last year. Yeah. But Arcia right now is playing so well, and then Acuna is just makes you forget everything, the way he's playing, so. Well, I would imagine that Sean Murphy being as good as oh, he has been has, uh, you know, has also uh, sort of just that's a big concern. Helped right that now. there's new, there's new, there's new guys to love. Yes, yeah, he his, strained a hamstring. Injury. I think, I think it probably wasn't. Uh, it's going to be the one time where usually the hamstring is worse than you thought. You know, when he did it, I think yeah. he might have might avoid going on the aisle. I say that, and they could announce tonight today he's going on the aisle. But they they made a move yesterday and DFA'd Charlie Culberson. Because I they did wanted see to, that. Just to have a backup catcher here because they did not want to IL Sean Murphy because he's been so important and because they didn't want to go 10 days without him if they only think it's going to be two or three days. So it didn't look that bad to me when he did it. Eric, did you see him kind of pull up going around first base? It wasn't one of those yeah. where he went, ah, he grabbed it. It wasn't like that. He didn't so, go to the ground. It just looked like something nah. was off and he was smart enough to kind of take it right. easy and say something. A lot of guys, when they feel something that minor they might not say anything and then it turns into a big deal especially for a catcher the crouching part is you know can be it's hard yeah so but the mri they did an mri just to be sure man teams do mris i've noticed that a team with a lot of money does mris like they're just giving like candy i mean there's mri go mri do they do mris for everything now everything it's information it it just showed uh inflammation that's it didn't show any kind of real tissue damage or whatever so uh, you know, and, and the thing is, the crazy thing is that Alex Anthopoulos, his stroke of genius was trading for Murphy when Darno was an all-star last year and they had another catcher who was an all-star DH last year, Contreras, young Contreras in his first full season. And when they traded Contreras in the deal to get Sean Murphy, people were like, why trade Contreras? He's like, we well, had two good catchers and all that. Because you had a chance to get Murphy because Murphy was going to be a free agent another year and you had a chance to get him and, and Alex knew how valuable 
You know, Darno's 34. And already this year, that's just looked like a stroke of genius because the rule changes have made defensive catchers so much more important. And he has, has a cannon back there. And then they knew with the power that he had in that spacious ballpark in Oakland that he might take it to another level, hitting in a, in a fair ballpark. And he has. I mean, he, he's not going to hit at this level all year. I mean, he was OPS in 1,000 until a couple of weeks ago. But if he just OPS is 800, and it's 25 as a catcher yeah. with that yeah. defense. I mean, he's been better than Real Muto this year. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. You know? we've, we've heard the outsider's perspective on Acuna, but I'd, I'd be interested in what you think of Alex Anthopoulos. Oh, you know, as a fan of another team, is it like, what did this guy voodoo magic or what's going on with every movie makes? And yeah. the contracts he's given. Yeah. I, yeah. The team friendly contracts. <laughs> I, I, Look, I the so the the immediate phrase that came to my mind is like evil genius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. As an opposing fan, I can see that. As an opposing yeah. fan, right? Yeah. Like so all due respect, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. I if, if I boo you in my home stadium, it means that I think you're good, right? Yeah. Because yeah. because yeah, I just don't understand how he's able to get so many players to sign for in my opinion less than they're worth. Yeah. Um it, yeah, it just it it feels like voodoo magic to me. Um and and you know, and so therefore obviously to be able to put together um an excellent roster with so much flexibility on it, it's it's incredible. Um all those yeah. extensions they had, they gave out five, six, seven, eight year extensions, all of them, Austin Riley, Murphy, Olson, uh the Acuna one. Acuna's salary peaks at seventeen million dollars. It's his sort peers, of a travesty. Like <laughs> his peers are going to be making by the time in another five, three times that, or at least double, uh, double that. All the good players can make a double that. I think the Braves will rework it at some point and add some years to it and take the AAV up when they're making more money. But I mean, the peak on all those other extensions that because they gave him in, in fairness, he went for the security. He didn't even have a year of service time when he got that contract, a hundred million dollar contract at the time it was unheard of. So, but these other ones that he's given out in the last couple of years to guys like Olsen and Riley and Murphy, none of them has a salary above $22 million in any year of any of those contracts. Strider, none of them. It's highway robbery. <laughs> so you can do a hell of a lot when you've got so many guys making that. You can add pieces and, you know, but anyway, that's why they had no chance to resign uh, Dansby Swanson. They weren't going anywhere near that. What he got, yeah. and what Trey yeah, Turner no, got, I mean, those that, contracts. That, they that over those teams overpaid for those guys, but anyway, they did what they needed to do. So, all right. Well, listen, we were going to have you just on for like thirty minutes and then keep talking about the Braves, but you're so good that uh, and bringing the nerdy stats and everything. So we just went the whole show. I, I had hope, a lot I'm, more, but you know, I tried to be judicious. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to keep you for an hour. We really appreciate you. Giving no, us it's an my hour pleasure. Of your time. Absolutely. No, I'm glad. I Look, um, I love to talk about baseball. I'll talk about baseball for way more than an hour. Well, we could do this again then when, uh, when they're, maybe when they're playing the Phillies again or just anytime. But uh, we really appreciate you being yeah. on here. Whatever. I'll talk about some other team. I might not know quite as much about, you know, <laughs> like, oh, like he's changed his delivery and that kind of stuff. Um, but my dog just came in and she's very excited, apparently. All right. So. You go t- take her for a walk then. And uh, yeah, my cat usually makes an appearance, but she didn't do it. So, but. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, look for Ellen and all those uh, shows that we mentioned that you can stream. I'm, I'm sure most of them and those movies and uh, and her podcast. What again? What's the name of the podcast? Uh, take me into the ball game. We take grade me. baseball movies on the twenty to eighty scouting scale used for baseball prospects. That's what you do. That's, that's what, the what show we is? do. That's what oh, the show is. Oh, I didn't know that's what the show was. Yes. Oh, so you talk about it like a movie for most of the time, or a bunch of movies during each episode? So each episode is reviewing. A particular movie, but we have different tools for movies, right? right? So, like, the tools are, like, amount of baseball, baseball accuracy, storytelling, you know, delightfulness of catcher character, et cetera. Yeah. We'll talk about that next time then. I mean, because hands down, the best baseball movie, what what is it to you? Oh, well, I think the best baseball movie is Sugar, but my favorite is A League of Their Own. My favorite, hands down, is the original Bad News Bears. Mm. Oh, it's pretty good. I've, you know, I could watch done it. an episode on it. MLB Network shows it so often, you know, it's just a filler at night a lot of time. 
I can jump into that movie at any point, like 10 minutes in, 30 minutes in. Next thing you know, I'm down the rabbit hole and I watch the entire rest of the movie. I just never tire of that movie. I, I love that movie. I, even the remake was great, but the original with Walter Matthau, Tatum O'Neill, I mean... I, well, we'll have you when we, when we, cause uh, we are, we are, our podcast is moving to picture list. And so when we do that, it's going to be easier for us to have guests and we'll, we'll have you on to right. talk about your uh, favorite baseball movie. Kelly What's your Lee. favorite, Eric? Probably Bull Durham. I was going to yeah, say Bull it's, Durham. It's, my it's just so Definitely relatable, you know. It's that's up there. Just, that's, that's another one that I can jump in on MLB Network yeah. at any point and watch the entire rest of the movie. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Costner is so good in that. She's so good in that. Uh, yeah, Susan Sarandon's amazing. Susan Sarandon's yeah. amazing in that. All the characters, though. Yeah. Yeah, right we up. have a question for every movie that we do, which is, would this movie be better with Kevin Costner in it? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. He's got some good – he's been great in baseball movies. Yeah. 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 What was the one where he played the pitcher, the Yankees well, pitcher? he can actually move like an athlete, too, so that helps. Because yeah. it's it's tough when a, right. somebody's playing a pro athlete and they are not convincing at all. It's hard to get past yeah. that. Speaking You're, of Bull, Bull Durham, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get past that when a guy can't play and, it's, and you can tell that he can't play. Especially throwing. When somebody, you know, you see a quarterback in a high school football movie yeah. and the guy's throwing and the ball's facing out. Like, <laughs> what are you? You've never thrown a ball in your life, dude. You should have practiced. <laughs> By the way, have you guys seen, happened to see the video of uh, of A.J. Smith's driver throwing a football? Mm-mm. No. Look online. Bally got hold of the, of the video because he could supposedly throw it over 70 yards, and they have a video of him. He throws it. He's throwing to uh, to uh, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., mm. and he throws it 80 yards. Wow. 80 yards football. That's astonishing. He was going to go to Texas Tech and play football, the quarterback in high school. He's a Texas, a high Fort Worth area high school quarterback. He can supposedly throw it 50 yards from his knees. Wow, I'm Whoa. watching it right now. That's a bomb. Yeah. Wow. I mean, imagine that, Hail Mary. That's mm-hmm. 80 yards. Well, he'll be the quarterback when uh, the Braves play the Phillies, and JT will be our quarterback because he was also star quarterback in high school. Oh, man. JT yeah. was everything in high school. Like, he was, yeah. Also wrestling. Wrestler. He also had a 4.0 GPA, which yeah. I just love. It's like my favorite fact. Yeah. Some people well, just have it all. JT Realmuto so is is so his background so similar to Darren Dalton. JT Realmuto from a small town in Oklahoma. Darren Dalton from small my small town in Kansas. And Darren Dalton was a state champion wrestler, quarterback of a state champion football team. Uh, dated the homecoming queen, and baseball I think was his third best sport in, in high school actually. And he gets drafted by the Phillies though, and drops the other sports. But I mean, he was they when I when I hear about Realmuto and what he did in high school, it's like holy shit, man. But yeah. yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, that was great. We really appreciate it, Alan, being on here with us. And uh, thanks for giving us more than the time that I told you it would require. So it was my pleasure. It was absolutely my pleasure. All right. And that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed that. 755 is real. And uh, big series with the Phillies coming up. I'll be up in Philly tomorrow. We are out. Thanks. Thanks.